Welcome to Rogue Bogues Car Chat, Episode 5. A lot to get through today. Justin, how goes it? Yeah, going good, mate. So, how you been? Pretty good. Keeping busy. Things are starting to open up for a day and then close for a day, but at least they're opening up for one day. So, it's yeah. been good to be back, I mean, back in Melbourne for the time being and, yeah, just busy. You? Yeah, same, mate. Um, yeah, been house shopping and doing things like that. So, Mrs. is making me spending, spend money on property instead of cars at the moment. So down in that sense but uh, finally found a place that can fit multiple cars so and an extension potentially yeah it's true so um yeah watch watch this space and the space that i end up filling with cars so don't just to, just make the garage <laughs> a house put a nice kitchen in that and then flip the house as your garage yeah well, this is love it that's true she'll love it very and true. i notice you uh for all the people out there that say this is pretty much the hsv car chat you drove the fpv here today i did drove the typhoon down here so um it's been interesting with that car at the moment i have been driving around a bit and i've been getting uh notes put on the windscreen asking if i want to sell so it's um yeah good good to see people are taking out advice the uh, fpvs are a hot market so all you ford fanboys um that are shitting on us sometimes for talking too much hsv the very own justin ellis is in a bright red fpv right now what's the color called <laughs> Uh, that one's Vixen. Vixen, yes. Yeah, Vixen so Typhoon Aspect. We try to do both, so we try to discriminate. I've got Fords and, and Holden's in my collection, but yep. I know at times we weigh certain certain um, brands, but that's just the way it goes. But let's get into it. We're going to do a quick auction wrap. Two two big auctions that um, that went up the last couple of weeks since we last spoke. One was the Greys and the other one was the Burns & Co. Run us through some of the big numbers. Um, from from the Greys April yeah, auction. Yeah, the uh, Greys April auction was massive because it did have a heap of HSVs in that. So it was someone's personal collection. Was, you know, especially in the HSV and HCT enthusiast group, um, a lot flying around, um, yeah, in that group about these list of cars because some had superchargers and that fitted in there. So were questionable around some prices. Um, yeah, the VXGDS, I knew past owner of that. So, um Saw the holes in the boot where the fuel system was and a few oh, just, things. Just a subwoofer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, subwoofer. <laughs> um, but these cars, they still did pull some uh, pretty good dollars. So, um, first one was a VP GDS. So, we know those only came out in auto, in auto but 106,000 Ks on the clock went for 52,000. So, um, yeah, it's a interesting car, that one, because, I mean, Bogues, you have one with 80,000 Ks on the clock. That took a fair while to sell. So, it's- um, mm -hmm. Sold yeah. it for less than that, actually. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Went for less than that. So, I thought that was going to be interesting to see what uh, dollars that um, pulled. The main one I was watching, because I only had 7,000 Ks on the clock, was a VS GDS. So, this one, um, it got me thinking a lot because it sat on car sales for a fair bit for 150,000. So, I thought, all right, well, plenty of opportunities to buy that. Probably could have crunched that car down, probably 130, 140 grand at the time, and that ended up pulling, um, yeah, 100, 145,000 plus fees. So I think that equates to probably about 156 grand. So, yeah. So if you look at it in that sense, that um, always scour and look around first because uh, the hype of these auctions, all that 
proof in the pudding there that that does pay off. So, um, yes, if you are if you are selling, use the auction stream. If you are buying, do your research and look around first. The VTGDS. So this is one of the two twenty kilowatt ones. Um, yeah, so eighty nine thousand Ks on the clock. Uh, I think it was Rubens Mica. I think um, by memory, fifty seven thousand five hundred nine dollars. That that went for the. X supercharged stroked uh, VX GDS that uh, went through there. 43,000 Ks on the clock. That was in Sting Red. 50, uh, sorry, 66,909 that, that went for there. The one I thought probably would have pulled a bit more money is a VY GDS. So this one only had 49,000 Ks on the clock. I think it was Auto Phantom um, by memory. Uh, but VYs are pulling crazy dollars. I mean, we're seeing these things pushing, um, you know, some even past 120,000 and things at the moment. So, a lot of hype behind those that went for ninety five thousand nine dollars. Um, VEGDS fifty seven thousand Ks on the clock went for fifty three six oh nine. Uh, we we'll move on for that one because it's not over it's over special that car. One that did absolutely get slammed from pillar to post was a silver coupe four. So this thing did actually go through Shannon's uh, not that long ago either with the supercharger strapped on top. <laughs> Supercharger removed, 53,000 Ks on the clock, $133,909. Oh, oh, oh. that, 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that one. Yeah, I thought that was a misprint because I was mm. like 50,000 K. I mean, there was one, I think this, this, I know as of last month, the month before, there was some in the 90s, I think, with similar Ks. Yeah, exactly. Ks. Like, that's the thing that, um, yeah, sing, I saw one pop up from Just, just Cars, similar Ks, things floating around. So I was. Scratch my head as to how I pulled those dollars, but um, proof them. Maybe an emotional buy. Yeah, exactly. So, and one everyone was banging on about was the GDSR build number one, Spitfire Green, which we all know that's uh, my favorite color out of them. But um, yeah, so delivery kilometers on the clock, I think it was on that one, or 20, well, actually, I think it was 21,000 Ks, um, but 225 grand that went for. Just so, a not even W1, right? Yeah, just no, a, not just even a, W1. So, um, but people are saying that they thought that that would have pulled more. So, I think it's still high. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's not a W1. Yeah. And there yeah. was, we don't, you know, we don't even know the exact number of those produced uh, really. Yeah, roughly. well, that's, well, that's the thing, man. I don't really give a crap if that's build number one or build number 69. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. So, it's, um, yeah, I just shrug at that. That, um, yeah. But um, yeah, people were saying that was going to go half a mil, and I just laughed because nah. I don't give a crap. I mean, if that goes half a mil, a Spitfire W one's worth one point five, you know. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it wasn't. That was all one collection too. That was all one bloke, pretty much, right? I think for the most part, well, I mean, five out of five. Yeah, out of I think there was yeah. a few of the cars. I mean, I'm pretty sure the VSGDS was owned by another collector out Melton Way or something um, by memory. But um, yeah, but, they, but that's the thing. I mean, uh, Gray's also had a couple other cars going there. So one of the um, Shelby GT uh, 500KRs, like the 2008 one, so the new one, 94 grand that, that pulled. So, you know, that, that's the thing. I mean, it, I think, well, the 2008 was more a bit of a love or hate kind of Yeah, it's, car. Hard, it's hard to gauge. The Looks good, but model. drives like shit, I think it was. Yeah, the one. later model Mustangs. Yeah. Value-wise, I don't think they collect the collector cars yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to own a, a GT350, I think a 2016 GT350. Owned a, a brand new GT500, um, silver black stripes, 2010, when yeah. I was living in Milwaukee. Fun car to drive, though, man. Like, yeah. that thing was, was yeah, super, good, supercharged and it looked, you know, they were, they were fun to drive. The funny thing about that car is I was tossing that one up or the, I was tossing that up or a Dodge Challenger at the time. Yeah. And the Dodge Challenger, I'm a big, probably more of a Ford fan, but the Dodge Challenger 
it was much more roomy for me. I could yeah. fit in it. The coupe had a lot more room. G- generally, your Dodgers and Chryslers, for some reason, just have more leg room. And this Ford Mustang, uh, the Shelby GT500, I could barely yeah. get in, right? And because of the part, because of the, the center console, um, you drive on the other side of the road over there, obviously. My right foot, I couldn't. I couldn't get my knee between the steering wheel and the center console, right? Mm. Because the the steering wheel on the Shelby's don't did not telescope, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. It I know, that, me to that's one of your biggest things, yeah. Because I'm like, that's what kills me. If uh, it doesn't matter if it goes up or down to me, if it telescopes, I'm good with most yeah. cars. I can get, I can squeeze into a 911 if it telescopes. Because I'm all legs, so I get in this thing and I'm um, I just take it for a test drive barely, and I notice, man, my knees like it's, it's sometimes it's hard to make it. Tight turn in the corner because yeah. I'm 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 basically stuck against you know yeah. I'm basically wedging my knee between the steering wheel and the console. I still bought that car because I loved it so much. I had to drive it with flip flops on. Wow! I figured that if I took my thongs and my flip flops off, it yeah. bought me an extra five six you know five six centimeters ten centimeters let's say not yeah. even five centimeters and it got me enough leverage enough room leverage to not have not hit it got me right below the steering wheel by an inch and i could drive it comfortably but i had to drive that bad boy barefooted <laughs> that's hilarious and, and that is the the length i went to to buy a, a, a gt500 because i just wow. i loved it i love the way it drove it, it was just perfectly engineered to me at that time yeah it looked grouse the challenger was more comfortable but was a bit more straight line car cries the dodge yeah, like straight line fantastic as soon as you start going to bed and the thing was yeah. tough drive, but that's just a funny story I had from, yeah. uh, from a GT500. It's funny when I see the challenges and things, seems like at one stage there, if you um, play for the Atlanta Hawks, you had to buy one. <laughs> <You seem laughs> <Not> to- <laughs> it goes like that in the NBA too, actually. It's funny, yeah. like whenever someone, I noticed it with, a, I, I was the first guy, I claimed the first guy, I, I pre-ordered a Porsche yeah. Panamera, right? Yeah. Took the risk, pre-ordered it before they even came out. It was the first year they were coming out and bought one. And the following year, a whole parking lot, like 50, 60% of the cars were NBA <laughs> players' cars. It was five or six of them from our roster yeah. that were Porsche Panameras. And then you saw more and more and more. And it, it's the same with anything. You know, if a guy buys a, a Challenger, it's like, oh, where'd you get that from? I want to get one like that. And especially if it's if the car's in a rap video or a hip hop video yeah. or you know Jay Z video or whatever or Drake or anything like that, yeah. Kanye, then then guys will follow that way. Yeah, but it seems to be the cycle around like that. Like I noticed the NBA car parks because always take notice when I see them that it's um it seems to be it goes the Rolls Royce, the Bentleys, cycles like that are back around to the American muscle. Like when they go on later in their contracts, yeah, I think it it's seems- more to do with. What's what's trending mainly in the hip hop world and and, yeah. and video clips and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I kind of always just had my own shit. I didn't care what other people did. I got I had cars that they gave me shit for. Like I remember I had the Pontiac GTO, our, our version of Monaro. Yeah. When I first got there, and there was guys on the cabs that were saying LeBron was on the bus coming into our parking lot, like, look at this number one pig driving that piece of shit, you know. And I was yeah. just like, I didn't give a shit. Like, yeah, I loved exactly, it. I yeah. thought the car was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I still do. I still like the car to this yeah. day. But I didn't. I was never worried about you know technically number one pig. I should be in a Benz or 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 a Maybach or whatever. Right. I couldn't give a shit. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed driving the car, even though in Wisconsin it was useless nine months of the year because mm. it snowed and that thing's a piece of shit in the snow because rear wheel drive and got all, yeah. got too much torque, but. Um, I think it's all, you know, a lot of guys just follow what's cool. Whereas, I, I mean, Oh, exactly. And and that's the thing. We can't help, but we're still bogans at heart. Like even when I'm going around house shopping and looking at houses and seeing real estate agent and AMGs and things like that, I'm rocking up in like a typhoon <laughs> and things. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like it's, you know. That's, that's probably worth more than his Benz. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Yeah, you exactly, know? exactly right. Um, so What else you got from that auction? Yeah, Eclipso Green XA GT Coupe. So, um, you know, so Eclipso Green is one of my favorite colors out of those ones there. So, um, yeah, 184 grand that went. So, which 
they have been fluctuating a fair bit. So, and I think it comes down to um, how when you've went and visited um, the Lloyd's auction a while ago, the condition of some of these cars, they can look great in pictures. But oh, um, especially the, the XAs, XBs, XCs exactly. are notorious for rust. So, yeah. anyone out there looking for one of those, mm-hmm. rear parcel shelf, notorious yeah. re- rear guards. Yeah. Get under yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially uh, if they've got those chrome strips around them too. Yeah. So, I had a, had a yeah. mate of mine. That own one of those. Um, shout out to Daniel that went to high school and his old man had one that was banged up and his dream was to always restore it. And I think yeah. when he finally got to the point of getting some money to restore it early on in his in his professional life, he was like, it's going to cost me a lot of money just to cut the rust out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never yeah. did it just based on that. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. XRGT replica, so over 102,000. Ooh, that's a bit high. Yeah, the replica markets are weird at the moment. Like, even I mean, the parts, the- arguably the parts are probably worth more yeah, than the car itself. Well, that, well, that's thing. You've stuck into that point that there are some damn good replicas, even like the HCT things. We've touched on them before. Yeah, some people do amazing jobs. Jensen Inter- in- Interceptor, I thought I'd put, um, put that on there because- it's don't see many of these out here. They're massive over, um, you know, the ex-police cars and things over in the UK. People bang on about them, but I just thought that's a bit of an oddball one uh, to put in the list. Uh, have had um, listeners ask about Porsches um, as well. So 1976 Porsche 911, yeah, SC went for 64409, and sorry that Jensen Interceptor went for 45009. Um, and Another oddball car was a 2015 Morgan 4x4 Roadster um, that went for 80,009. So, don't know much about those at all, to be honest. Yeah, so it's just just sort of a bit oddball out there. So, um, yeah, look look those up. So, um, all that open wheel kind of market starting to become quite big now. So, people have um, some reason, things like that. Lotuses. Um, defenders. Yeah. yeah. Old school defenders, man. Oh, oh, exactly. Yeah. They're going through the roof. Yeah. Range Rovers, defenders, all those kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but like I say with these things, that people are liking the oddball stuff. And I think now, because even in my own kind of network, people are moving along from the HSVs and HCTs, looking at um, older BMWs, Mercs, Jags, all oddball things that have just kind of got that weird bit about it. I guess those kind of hipster yeah, kind of it hipsterish, is. especially the old school Range Rovers, um, you know, Defenders and those kind of boxy. Actually, that's probably a way to look at it there because it's true because even like the Cafe Racer motorbikes, like you go around your Brunswick's, yeah. Thornbury and things, Everywhere. you see all those kind of things. You see the hipsters drinking their soy lattes, leaning mm-hmm. up against their 1984 Range Rover, <laughs> two-door Range Rovers and things. That's, that's the look now, so- at home on JobKeeper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've definitely noticed that. Like a lot of people I know that are younger generation, uh, the hipster type vibes, yep. all, all love those cars. Yeah. Real estate agent I dealt with in Sydney, funnily enough, collected them. He kind of had that elite hipster vibe. Like it just, just seems like that demographic that that's a cool thing. I think obviously it's probably, we probably need to watch some episodes of the Kardashians or yeah. something to correlate why. There's there's yeah. obviously some something in pop culture that's that's yeah. brought it that way. Usually that's where it starts, but I don't watch enough of that shit to know. Oh, so exactly. I have no fucking idea. We like that. Um, a mate of mine picked up through, I think on Tuesday last week, he just rung me out of the blue and he picked up a 2002 Land Rover Discovery because it had 15,000 Ks on the clock. Just because. So, yeah, he just goes, well, surely it's going to be worth something yeah. one day. And it's just, <laughs> just it's a random buy. Oh, I think anything low Ks, yeah. um, you know, you'll do okay. Yeah. The other one was the Burns & Co auction. So, we'll go through those real quick. Yeah, so a um, few race cars and things through that. So um, I did have a skim through that list, but I sent it across to you. So let's, let's have a look here what um, what went through that. So so the um, Mustang race car that went in there. So um, don't know the full story of the driver and all that behind it, but um, it's like a sixty. 60- Five, 64, 65 euro. Yeah, exactly. Tubbed. So, yeah, seven, 708,000 or something that, that went for. So, 
That's outrageous. Yeah. I mean, race cars to me, 708, I've never been a fan of them. I'm not, I know you've yeah. kind of been on and off them. Yeah. They're more an antique piece. Like, you can't do shit with them. You can't drive them. You can't really, you, you can't, you could plot them along with the trade plate maybe, but you're still pushing, you could probably still cop a bit of a hammering from the cops, I think. Um, yeah, if, um, I have had a few mates that have bought like, uh, well, one I've actually bought um, an R30, R31 um, X, um, yeah, X think it was a Bathurst twelve hour car. Um, yep. He bought that one. He went to the point of actually working out ways to club reg it so he can drive it around. So it's um yeah yeah they don't like it. The cops will still nah not one it. bit. But yeah. um yeah but I think any anything that's really like X Bathurst cars and everything if you can get your hands on one of those especially for them being the right place for right time I don't want in a heartbeat. So yeah um yeah I actually will had the opportunity we've been spoken about once was the um the actual number sixteen the um, Win Percy. Mm-hmm. Win Percy Bathurst winning VL Walkinshaw, so um, that got offered us to a, a, for a really really good price at one stage, and I kind of think now go man probably probably would have made it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm milk. kind of finicky on on those. I probably you know from an investment point of view, if it was silly low, I'd, yeah. I'd consider it. But I, I'm, I've always had that. If I'm if I'm going to own a car, no matter how collectible it is, it needs to be able to be driven. Um, yeah. You know that, that's where we had that big debate on the um, the HRT. Yeah, uh, the HRT four twenty seven at the Pickles so. auction was like I, I I bid on it because it was just the price was so low. Oh yeah. Um, we ended up not getting it because we were bidding with the auction house. Uh, we were the winning bidder, but then it was passed in, and, and they were trying to yeah. you know get me up, and I, I refused. But I would have taken it on a low ball. But um, yeah, I've always had a thing where if I can't get in it and drive it down the streets of Milk Bar or whatever and get a coffee, I kind of oh, kind of exactly. just saw it as pointless. But I understand the whole yeah. the whole a lot of old fellows that watched these Bathurst races. It was in the pinnacle of their childhood, the best memories of their life. Yeah, they don't have an opportunity to own one. I think it's you know it's a huge mental thing for them. Oh, definitely. Another one there's three hundred and twenty-four thousand two hundred and five dollars was a Toronto XU one. So um, look, yeah, really, really tidy car in the red. Um, yeah, so these have been massive um, fluctuations, and once again, I think it's really down to condition and things. So um, yeah, my um, my grandpa had one. Uh, he had a white one. Really, really nice car. Yeah, fond memories of those. I could just remember just. It, Absolutely screamed off its head. Mm. So light as well. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So Brock, Brock history behind him, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's one of those um, yeah real talking point cars in any kind of collection. If you've um, you know, I think if you are into the older um, Tiranas and Monaros and things, I think one of those is an absolute must own. So and I mean, they have fluctuated, but it feels like they've they've kind of never really been at a bargain price, in my opinion, at least the last decade. Oh, like it's, they, yeah. they were kind of even ahead of probably the GTHO phase. Yeah. Um, around then, they, they kind of went up together and they just – people that own those are really, really passionate collectors yeah. generally. Oh, exactly. More than, the, more than the Brock Commodores, in my yeah. opinion. But I think we are starting to see those that um, leveling out, you know, it seems to be the same kind of collectors changing hands, but I think we are really seeing um, the changing of the guards now with – a lot of the older X, you know, XYs, Tiranas and things are starting to move to the side and everyone is just jumping on these um, H, HDTs, HSVs now. Mm. So, yes, yeah, so the other one is- um, Mark 1, I think. Yeah, so the- so like 6970, yeah. Yeah, 6970, maroon, black, Mark 1, Mustang went for 187,929. So, 12 slots on it, cool looking car. So. Now with a lot of these auctions, when they when they release the results, some it's painful to read through them because we're reading through a, basically a PowerPoint like presentation on Facebook. Yeah, there's no information about kilometers once they've sold. They they kind of for some reason they scrap it. It's almost like a real estate listing, so we don't have too much information from the Burns and Co. But if you're listening from Burns and Co., like put out some posts with the 
with a full dialogue breakdown would be much appreciated for us. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, XA hard XA hardtop. So um, yeah, tighter looking car, twelve slots and things as well. So one hundred forty two thousand forty five dollars. So right. yeah, exactly. So not the best um, looking. Yeah, no, nah, not not a major fan of them, but um, yeah, it looks looks tidy. One I am more of a fan on yeah. <laughs> fan of is. The um yeah the VL HTT so um Group ASS really really nice car went for one thirty seven three seven five so can't really make out um any plus pack decals and things on it from here so but um they have the Brock special that made it go faster yeah the box of crystals in there so um yeah they they did they changed everything changed the whole dynamic of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Did that, this one have it? So I don't know actually if this one have it. I'd be thinking that money it probably should. Um, yeah, but a lot of people would would nick them, would not include them, and people would forget. And that wasn't. The, the I actually have seen that happen a bit lately. Yeah, so a mate of mine did end up getting one. So he had the polarizer in it, and he decided because he actually saw it was like cracked a bit at the back. So he kind of thought, okay, pried it open a little bit, and crystals are all gone out of it. So it was just an empty box sitting there. So that that does happen. So well, we well, when I went through a phase long, long time ago when my cars were first stored at at a warehouse out in Dandenong, um, a big facility out there. Yeah. I then went into the process of moving them to the, the facility we're at now, um, and had a uh, we'll just leave it at a guy running that facility that wasn't the most trustworthy in the best yeah. of days. Yeah, do you remember the call you gave me one day? Oh, I did. You called me, Justin called me, and said. Oh fuck! Check check the VR group. Hey, make sure make sure the polarizer is in there. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, man, it's easy to take out. You can just check it, check it, check it. Yeah. And I was like, nah, it'll be in there, it'll be in there. But fuck, it stressed me out a little bit. And yeah. you know, they're, they're they're pretty much impossible to find. They're, oh, exactly. They pop up on eBay every now and then at stupid prices. Yeah. But um, yeah, we had a bit of a, bit of a run in there. With oh, that exactly. One. I did because even the old man's going, oh, who really cares anyway? They fucking don't do anything. <laughs> I'm just like, it doesn't matter. It's a plus pack. Needs a fucking polarizer. No so doubt. No doubt. We'll we will do a test one day. We'll check um zero to hundred times. Let's <laughs> put it in for now. See what makes the difference. But it still worked thirty years later. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was ahead of his time. Yeah. With exactly. all these with, with all these battery operated cars maybe yeah. it was always the polarizer that yeah. we should have been looking at exactly don't know if it's gonna have a special fence way set up has anyone ever opened one of those up to see yeah what they have yeah yeah it's just it's a box of crystals that's all it is just rock crystals yeah it is so we'll make sure after this we will carat. we'll put a post up of an actual open polarizer if, so people can <laughs> see it um, now for, explain for, explain to people there might be some people i know we have some overseas listeners shout out to alan keating if he's listening a friend of mine from um, las vegas he's always asking questions last week he asked me hey what's a bogan <laughs> okay that, <laughs> but, that is me that is i'm, I'm a bogan but explain <laughs> i just let him know it's your version of a hick you yeah, know, think yeah. About, but, but uh, explain what a polarizer was in these cars so what it was at the time so it was um yes yeah, so i guess rock kind of went through this stage whereas he was Turning, I guess you could say, pretty much spirited. All the spirited. spirited. Yeah. Peter Brock is one of the legendary yeah. nine time Bathurst winner. Yeah, all yep. time. Our version of NASCAR. Yep. Yeah, our version of God as well here. <laughs> um, yeah, so he is our race car goat. Um, Bernhardt. Yeah. Bernhardt. Yep. Yep. So, um, but anyway, at the time, so a lot, I guess, changing his career, headed all down the spiritual part. He was giving up the booze, drinking green tea, doing everything <laughs> he can. And he went to this stage that he thought he would put like this box of crystals in the car that actually changed the dynamic and the feel of the car. So this is yeah, the energy in it. So this is the time where he was um, holding was kind of cracking the shits around him. He he went all down this path and this box of crystals are doing before and after with drivers and things and really trying to convince going that this actually made a difference it changed the chemical energy of the vehicle so made, where did it sit in the car so, sat on the, on the yeah so it was um pretty much just at the at the bottom of the windscreen so just in the plastic in there so it just sat in there 
Um, and yeah, it's supposed to have the whole steering wheel, fuel change, every, everything that this box did. So the whole chemical energy. Kind of like centering to yourself yeah, through exactly. yoga for a car. Yeah, exactly. So this um, whole um, bit of weirdness that went about it, then he made the director that was IRS rear end and it was pretty much the demise of HCT. They were pretty much if you bought well, that car the out. Shoes, so right? They yeah. did, yeah, they exactly. The and then he went on. Yeah, because he actually started getting to the point of pushing the engineering too far in the car. So it was supposed to be just enhancements, mm-hmm. um, you know, so just lower the height, body kit, wheels, just simple kind of changes. Yeah, they didn't sign up for crystals. <laughs> yeah, didn't sign up for that and actual IRS rear ends and everything. But, um, yeah. And then was- famously he went on to to, to- – do some stuff with the was it the EA or the EB? Yeah, he there was a brock. Well, yeah, well, exactly. That's what he changed. He <laughs> changed the Ford and for a yeah, year they or two, did. Yeah. yeah, the EA and he drove the Sierra and then he went to BMW for a bit as well. So yeah, a few changes around, then circle back into Holton in later years. So um, yeah, interesting. So if you uh, do have one of those, you don't know if your dad or your um, grandfather or something had one and ripped it out before he- We'll give you 500 and, cash. Yeah, it went straight and, there. Yeah, if you got the polarizer and they traded it in, you got it sitting around. Yep. Chuck it on Facebook Marketplace and <laughs> Bogart and I'll snap it up. <laughs> yeah, next one. So, um, yeah, tell there. looks like X, XW, XW Mock. Uh, yeah, so yeah. replica GT hundred nine thousand nine hundred electric so. blue. No, it's uh, what was yeah, not sure what blue that one is, but the baby um, blue color, black, yeah. black stripes. So twelve slots as well. Twelve slots seems to be the favor of the Burns and Co auction. Now I think I heard um, a mate of a mate actually um, bought this next one here, which is a Fusion GT um, GDO HS, HSV. Um, really, really nice car. So that's a Z series one there, $104,405. So, you know what um, the K's were roughly? Don't know the K's, but I already know he's asked for a standard airbox. So, must have an o- OTR on it. So, tune. <laughs> yeah, move on for that one. It's too old for me. Oh, Escort race car. Yeah, so 76930 So, um, yeah, seems like a peak performance, Coachcraft. Stick, yep. it, stick so, it to the max. Yep. Good history in it, I think. That's got to be a replica. Yep, definitely is. So, Rock Cajun. Yeah, Alan Moffat uh, replica um, GT, so XY. $75,831, one went for. A few customs. Yeah, so yeah. other ones I thought went for massive dollars is um, e, yeah, E3 Malou. Alto Grey, really, really nice on the SV wheel, so it looks like a um, 25th anniversary era, so it is one of the later 2012 ones. $71,709. That was manual by memory, that car. So, um, big dollars. So, yeah, I mean, that's about it. We've got, we've got a few. There's a few Euros. There's a, you know, um, was like a Chevy Impala, a few Mustangs. The rest were, were kind of custom bits and pieces. But, yep. um, yeah, some big, some big money moving around. As, as we've said, it's going to, it's just going to continue that way. But, um, that, that's basically an auction wrap. I think, uh, auction wrap. I think Shannon's have one coming up in the yeah, they do. Winter, winter um, auction. I think it's Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, and I'll um and also so I'll touch on soon about um some other cars and things that are going to be coming up at uh, Grays as well. So they got some cool cars on the horizon. Yep. Well, one thing we noticed at this auction uh, at Grays, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, the Grays um, one. There was a lot of dummy bids. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we're not saying that it's the auction house, and sometimes they can't control idiots blowing their load over a car and yeah. Um, overbidding it, but some of these cars that have gone, let's just you know, theoretically, would say, let's say the VP GTS that went for fifty two thousand. When we were following this auction, when you were following it and sending me the links, at one point, some of these car, like a car like that, was at seventy eighty thousand. Oh, you, exactly. And you're thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And then so, you look a day later, and it's back to thirty eight thousand. Yeah. 
So the question that you and I have is, okay, we know there's dummy bids, but mm-hmm. if I'm the guy, if I'm a guy that's put in a max bid of, okay, my max bid is fifty two thousand is my max bid, and some asshole dummy bids eighty thousand. It's a fake account. And they figure yep. out, oh, this guy doesn't have the funds. Yep. The bid before me was thirty eight. Does it then go back to thirty eight, or does it then go back to fifty two? Oh, and- exactly. Like, and that and that is a hard thing. I mean, it's um, yeah, the whole screening process. Those- same thing can happen in the eBay world. So um, I know from when I was selling my Air Jordans and things back in my um, back in my shrewd negotiating Jordan hype days, I've set up different accounts on eBay and dummy bid them up and do all that kind of stuff. And that and that thing it can happen. And and I actually had one of the guys from Gray's reaching out to me that is like when I was actually posting some of these prices, he's like, no, oh, Justin, actually, you know, we're fixing up right now. There've been some dummy bids that have pumped all these cars up because we're like, holy fuck! Like some of these cars are pulling massive dollars. But and we're not talking ten or five, five or ten k over. Some of these oh, cars some of these are fifty, going, sixty, eighty k. Yeah, exactly. Some even more that went there. So and that and that is the crazy thing about it. Like that that is a betting question. And you know that even some of these auction houses, they are businesses things. I know some of them, you know, are pretty strict on how it goes through. But it's about the bidding retraction process. I know. That, when there's probably you know twenty minutes on the, on the clock, they will go right through it. But it's those days leading up to it. If they suddenly jumps, let's just say the car is at twenty thousand, that's done me a bit up to fifty thousand. Then you start thinking, okay, it's not too bad. And then you start. Or you've got two competitive bidders that are that are serious bidders. Yeah, then they then they're, they're pushing and, it. Then and them two are going at it. Yeah, they're exactly. Like, oh, they're two legit bids. It was two guys. Yeah, going it could at be it. legit, fake, legit, legit. Yeah. But it's already pushed the price 100%. up anyway. It's not going to retract back and remove that. Initial yeah, I'm real jump, skeptical so. on online auctions just because of this. I've I've purchased a few cars. I think one car through an online auction, um, and funnily enough, it was one k under my max bid. Yeah, because <laughs> I was asleep. I put a max bid in. The Shelby GT350. Put a max bid in. Went to sleep because I was in the states. Woke yep. up. You are the winning bidder. Yep. And it was within one k. And I'm just like, yeah. What What are the odds? It was within one k. Um, oh, exactly. So I'm I'm always cognizant. Like anything, I want to be there. I want to see what's going on. I don't like I don't like even being at live auctions and then having online yep. phone bids because you just you just don't know. Um, oh, exactly. And I personally think it needs to be something that whether it's you know even something quite large, even if it's got to be like two and a half grand, you have to that's a place put on your credit card. You've got to enter that in, yeah. and then that verifies fully you. refundable. Yeah, yeah fully exactly. Refund- you don't win, fully refundable. Yeah, I mean, have some good policies if you're an auction house where you can refund it in an ample amount of time. Don't yeah, hold exactly. someone's money for f- seven business days. Refund it the next day or the next business day available. You yeah, get, exactly. Get it within 48 it just, hours. Least, yeah, exactly. It comes back, and verifies you are legit. So then you're not some 13 year old kid or something out there kind of bored on a Friday night. Think fuck it, I'll waste some people's time and start bidding up some cars. So. I don't know if I've told the story. Do I tell the, the boss 429 story at auction? I don't think I have. No, right? I don't think you have. No. So uh, I spoke about going to meet him with my old man a number of years ago where we bought that. Uh, we bought the Torino that was. had the screwed. Um, yeah. the, the rusted firewall that, sh- that hit my dad in the face when he turned the AC on for the first time once I landed in Australia. Yeah. So there was a, uh, I was, I've been looking for a Boss 429 for years. There was a white one there and we saw it. This thing was mint. It had all, had all the markings, the chalk markings, the radiator markings. It was restored to off factory line. Um, beautiful car. It was a nice color. Like the, it was white with black interior. Looked really nice. So I was like, it was a lot of money at that time. This, this auction was in 2008, I believe, in mm-hmm. Illinois. And I thought, I doubt I'll bid on it because the, they thought it'd go for three fifty, four hundred, right? At that yeah. time, back then, because it was just the mint ones were pulling between three and four hundred. So I was, we're sitting in the audience. I think we just purchased a Bel Air and we just purchased a Torino. This thing comes up and it was 
it got up to about 180, 190 and started to stall already. So like, shit, like I, I might bid on this. Like if I can get this in the low twos, even mid twos, yeah. I'd consider keeping it, right? And I think that the next bid was 210, right? And I, there was bids going back and I did that stupid thing of coming in late with bids. Like I kind of always do that just to get a feel for where things are at. And it goes, okay, we have, we have I think it was 207, 207 right here. And he goes- looks right at me. I put my hand up. I look him right in the eyes. He actually, you know, he mm. looks right at me. He goes, gone once, gone twice, gone three times, sold. The quickest call I've heard ever yeah. in my life. He like went one, two, three, sold. Looking right wow. at me. I'm waving my hand, looking right at me. And uh, the way me come in some of these auctions work is they usually have a someone roving the audience as well, mm. roaming around mm. um, just in case the auctioneer on the stage can't see, you know, with the lights and whatever, they might not see someone's hand go up. Yeah. She pointed at me too. So they do they do one arm to the auctioneer and they'll point to the guy in the audience with the hand up if the auctioneer doesn't see it. Looks right at me and just hammers down. Wow. So I'm like, fuck, oh, shit, I can't believe I missed on that. I was like, but what the fuck? Like, he looked me right in the eyes. Like, yeah. I caught eyes with him and he he hammered down while he was looking at me with my hand up. So I'm shit. like, that's kind of dodgy, whatever. Yeah. Find out it was someone involved with Meekum that bought the car and bought it for pennies on the dollar. This, this, this car back then- would have cost that alone to restore the amount of work that yeah. was done in it. And that's the opposite experience I've had in an auction house. Um, now, you know, they'll, they'll obviously deny that. It's a legend, obviously, um, so don't sue us, Meekum, but um, they'll obviously deny that to this mm. day. But I'm pretty sure it was it was that car that went to someone within the, the Meekum family and it was what it was. And that was a pretty bad taste in my mouth on the opposite side of things. It wasn't WBL. Oh, exactly. It was, but just, yeah, was just screwed well, out of a purchase. Exactly. I mean, especially if it's one of those like family inherited kind of things, you know, like that, that's where that's got to suck in a way. They kind of know the background story. They can get the car cheap because the family doesn't care or something. Or sell at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Guys gone like, through financial yeah, trouble. Yeah, exactly. So and now this guy's lost out on, whether it was 10K more or whatever, he's lost out. Still with, yeah. But I've never seen a hammer go down quick at an auction wow. ever in my no, life. Exactly. They they'll usually get to two and then they'll have a 15 minute spiel on the rims yeah. there on the car before they yeah. call three. This thing was. And like, I've been watching house auctions at the moment. The whole final thing goes on for four or five minutes. They're trying oh, to get like milk taking and, your shoe off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. This, this was just. Can one I take that, one? So I'll take 20 cents, 20 cents up. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, you have to, with all these auctions, there's yeah. always that doubt. That's always going to be that way. There's nothing you can do about it. The same as live. I mean, you, they can do it in live auctions yeah. too. You can have a dummy bit of there that's been so, notorious. I'm going to say, yeah, good and bad things about it, but I'll tell you now that if you're going to be selling a car- Got auctions. Oh, man, that VSGDS, like I said, that was listed on car sales, 150 grand. Could have got it cheaper, but then look, that's proof in the pudding what auctions can do. So, um, yeah. Yeah, enough hype, more internet stuff, but- um, Yeah. Moving on with a fun one. I saw this tweet. I sent it to you. It's from Joe- Pompliano, at Joe Pompliano, Pompliano, P-O-M-P-L-I-A-N-O on Twitter. This guy does deep spiels on different things. He's a really cool follow from sport, from this, from that. If, you, if, you, if you're on Twitter, give him a follow because he does some really good deep dives on things. But Bugatti is releasing its first pool table ever, Justin. It's um, cool. Now, the price tag, $300,000 for this pool table. Okay, I'll pass on that. But I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it's three hundred thousand dollars. It is designed for yachts. Yeah. It automatically adjusts the legs in just five milliseconds to compensate for a boat's movement against the waves, keeping the playing surface perfectly flat. So these poor guys with these super yachts that want to play a fucking game of pool. Well, that that's a must-have. Well, to this day, they they haven't <laughs> been able to play pool. You have to feel for them. They haven't been able to play pool to this day. You know, yeah. these, these damn yachts. They haven't engineered them in a way to keep that shit flat. Probably got a captain in there that he's abusing. Yeah. You know, avoid the waves. Now you can shoot. You know, you can play eight ball and snooker yeah. and yeah, 
not know you're you're you're, you're riding through an avalanche and <laughs> tsunami and a hurricane all at the same time. Well, that would have been in your uh, NBA heydays. There, you've gone a few super yacht parties. Was was that a problem you faced? I have not actually been on a super yacht party. That's <laughs> oh, one wow. thing I haven't done. Yeah, one wow. thing I haven't okay. done. I don't think I have. I don't think I've been on a super yacht. Oh, Larry Kesselman, that wasn't really a super yacht though. Yeah. It was a mini super yacht. Um, which Clive Palmer now owns, I believe. Oh, but great. that's the closest big boat I've been on. Just wow. was never really – I'm not a fan of going to parties where I'm isolated and I can't leave when I want to leave. Yeah. So, a lot of these parties, you'd sail off somewhere and then you're you're stuck on there till they're ready to go back and yeah, dock. Yeah, that is true, yeah. I'm like, fuck that. I'm good. I, I want to go and come as I please. So, I, I never really got involved in that. Yeah. But just an interesting one, thinking about some, some weird inventions out there. But uh, – We've gone through the VS GTS, Final Edition R335 GTR. Yeah, so um, GDR market is something that uh, I've been watching a fair bit and a lot of mates are at the moment. So it's going to be an interesting one here because the Final Edition GTR um, R35 was announced last month. A uh, mate of mine did actually secure one. Um, so you bastard, you're going to do well with that car. So um, yeah, but uh, as long as you take me for a drive, I'm happy. Uh, but I'm just wondering what's this going to do with the market because through COVID, they jumped. Just GDRs in general just went massive jumps. You could secure probably one sub 30,000 Ks for around about 80 gram at the start of COVID. Kept creeping up and up and up and now the cheapest one around um, with under 30,000 Ks on, on the clock is 129,000. So with these wrapping up now in the final editions, I think people are just going to start thinking, yep, let's just grab them because I must have one, you know, especially if you are into the full JDM market. You got your R31s, your 32s, 33s, 34s. Well, then as your last chance to grab one of the 35s. And, um, yeah, I think that's one market to watch because I reckon we'll start seeing them just start doing um, not even tiny jumps but massive jumps. Massive jumps. And, yeah. and the fact that cars are not being built nowhere near the numbers, yeah, you know, the new stuff. So, oh, exactly. a lot of people are like, eh, I can't even get a 2021 XYZ that I want. I'll just get an older one. That's going to boost. That's, oh, exactly. that's why we've seen the second-hand market yeah. boost as well. Even oh, like, just, like yeah. we said, the VE GTS, I mean, what do they go for? $54,000. I know. That's – yeah, exactly. Because it's like, oh, I want it a car. There's like 35000 those. Man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, I had a Series 3 um, and yeah. sold it for pennies on the dollar from what I bought. I think you I actually sold it for even less than that. So. Yeah, I did back, back then. So, yeah. Tesla, a bit of an accident? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we have spoken a bit about self-driving cars, what's going to be happening there, but this is kind of the first you know, big kind of fatality that went around everywhere. So um, two people died in that, but it's, um, I guess, autonomous cars, what's really going to happen there? Like, like you sure they weren't sitting in the back reading newspaper? Probably were. So probably <laughs> reading the article about the Bugatti pool table or something. So... Um, but yeah, like like we've always said, if you get us into that position, there's a pedestrian or a dog walking or something. What is the car going to pick? What's going to happen? Um, I think that's just kind of yeah, it's something to really think about food for thought with the way cars are heading. We've spoken about it with our BMWs and things that driving itself. That um, well, I was that asshole that asked Elon mm -hmm. Musk that very question. Believe yeah. it or not, and we yeah. went to um, when I was at the Lakers, we went to the Tesla. Um, headquarters, factory, whatever you want to yeah. call it in LA there. And he um, he showed us around, which was pretty cool, seeing the production line and the people and, and the technology. And then he gave a little talk to us, mm -hmm. um, kind of a keynote for five, 10 minutes. And then we got to ask questions. So I was that guy. Yeah. Put my hand up and I asked a very question you just mentioned. I said, oh, I've just got a question around the autonomous driving when it when it gets to the point where we can do it yeah. um, at capacity. So I'm, I'm driving, you know, straight. 
and there's, you know, uh, five school kids that just cross the road mm-hmm. at 60K an hour or whatever I'm going. If I swerve either way, I'm, you know, I'm at a cliff edge or I'm building one side where I'm probably going to crash bang or I'm going to fall off a cliff edge. What does a car do? And he, he basically went, went on a spew with that answering the question. He's like, yeah. that, that's impossible. That wouldn't, that circumstance wouldn't happen. Like, yeah, it's, it's a very rare circumstance, but. If even a rare circumstance has to be a circumstance. Yeah, so, so there's, there's yeah. a chance for it happening. It might be one in 10 million, one in a billion, whatever it is. I want to know, like, if I yeah. purchase this car. Yeah, we know, a- we know what an autonomous Mustang would do. Yeah. <laughs> do a burnout and hit someone behind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I said, if I'm purchasing this car, $100,000 car. Yeah. Like, I want to know that it's, unfortunately, it's safety at all costs for the driver, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you'd think. And essentially, yes, it protects yeah. it protects the driver um, at all costs. But I would be inclined to say if there was a, that stupid circumstance, it'd probably yeah. go off the cliff because it, it'd sense space on that side and go that way. But he begrudgingly said, look, it's it's got to protect the driver at all costs. Um, it doesn't factor in the human element of like, you know, most grown men would see- young lives and try not to hit those young lives and probably take themselves out, I'd guess. I mean, yeah. I, I would if I saw some school kids, I'm 40, be like, you know what? I've had 40 years, yeah, some exactly, young yeah. kids. I'll try to go the, a different way and let them live their life. Um, but, you know, the consensus I got was that it, it should protect you at all costs. And, yeah. and that's, you know, I was that asshole that did it. And my teammate said, you ha- you had to be the guy to ask that. And I'm like, yeah, I want to know. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. it's one of those it's, questions. Yeah. People have asked that before and never got an answer. So, I was, yeah. I was glad I got I got a half answer, which pointed mm-hmm. that way. But that's the thing with these cars. Like, it's – but look, even with these two accidents, for people out there listening, the, the room the room for error is much smaller than human error. Yeah. So – Well, that um, too, yeah. And every day there's idiots distracted. Mm-hmm. There's phones. There's – you know, people going under the speed limit, which then causes people to go over the speed limit, do something stupid, and vice versa. Yeah. Whereas with autonomous, if if it's all on the same page and grid like, it it theoretically should cause way less accidents. I don't think insurance companies want autonomous for that very reason. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are invested in that not happening. Panel beaters. I mean, the, oh, exactly. If we yeah. get to a point where everything's autonomous, everything becomes train track like, where Cars are just jumping in a line with other cars and everything's just moving at speed. There's no stop starting and traffic and all that. Going to see a lot less accidents, a lot less insurance, a lot less money changing hands. Oh, exactly, yeah. So um, yeah. it is an interesting one with with the autonomous stuff. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, there's a thousand horsepower AMG and M's coming out. So yeah. So look, I mean, it's the wave of the future around. I mean, these cars just getting more and more powerful. Yeah, I think I was saying with um, yeah, having a just a BMW M550i that. It's first kind of car. I said, don't have to tune this thing. Like, it's damn fast, like, mm. already. But I guess that we're seeing that um, hybrid technology things, these just cars are getting quicker and quicker and quicker. The betting question is, what's going to happen to the performance car market later on? I guess, I mean, there'll always be rims, there'll always be suspension mods, all that, but actual tuning. Wraps. Yeah, wraps. <laughs> um, but with actual tuning, that that kind of just gets me questioning. I, I know that. People will want things fast, but you actually stuck into point going. Man, if these cars in ten years' time pushing thousand horsepower and things, well, what, what are you really? Oh, there'll always like, be that bloke that wants it's yeah. one thousand out of factory. They'll take it eleven hundred. Give me eleven hundred. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. faster. Oh, exactly. There's, there's always going to be the pissing contest, but I, I just think that's interesting in a way that um, when you get to the point where it's just kind of too, too much, much, yeah, yeah. it's not safe. So, and yeah, yeah, it is. It is an interesting one, but yeah, I think there'll always be people that always want more. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think the performance industry will be too affected. I think tuning, yeah, maybe, yeah, um, questionable. But you know, you have those cars, a thousand 
horsepower AMG or M in Melbourne off the line, you'll probably be lucky to get to second gear before your car's confiscated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> At least in most of Australia anyway. So yeah. they are um, they are fun to punch off the line and then quickly slam the brakes on so you're at the speed limit. That's yeah. about as, as much fun as, oh, you, exactly. as so. you can have. The American performance car market in Australia, um, Corvette coming here, Camaro no longer, Chrysler 300 no longer, possibility of Cadillacs coming, dive or survive? Yeah, so it's a big question around here and I actually got thinking about this because I was chatting to a mate the other day. So um, he owned a Jeep SRT, um, thought it was great, drove it for probably about a month, realized it wasn't wasn't so great and now we went and bought a BMW X5. So there is a betting question around for the build quality. So, um, Bogues, you've had plenty of American cars, American versus Euro, just kind of think oh, that- Oh, no, you can't compare. Yeah. No. And, and that's the thing, I mean, you see it um, over in the UK, like they've tried so many times and it just doesn't survive over there because they all, you know, they got the taste of Euro, it's cheaper. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing, you can't compare that quality. So, I always just think about that kind of market. I think Silverados, Rams- that's finding its way in here, especially- um, Well, if you lived in the States, it's worth it. Yeah. Because, you know, those cars are, you know, my Mustang was, was my Shelby? I got it for under 50K brand new, mm -hmm. like outrageous. Yeah. Over here, they'll pull in almost 200K at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, I get that totally. Yeah. Where you get, at least you're getting your bang for a buck. You're like, okay, it's not the the luxury and nice leather, nice, as a nice leather, nice interior electronics as a Mercedes, yep. but I'm paying- Two, three X oh, less. Yeah, exactly. In Australia, like we're fucked either way. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you've got the import yeah. tax and then you've got the conversion exactly. tax. Like. And that, and that's one of the biggest things. I mean, don't wrong, I'm a massive fan of the Z01 Camaro. I think that was a great car. Is it a high to, is it a high hundred thousand no, dollar car? No, it's, no, it's not M5, compared no. to what you can buy in yeah, exactly. I do like for like comparisons. That's all we get no, screwed No here. chance in mm. hell. And and yeah, I think that would be one of those bigger things. That's why I'd say it's a bit of a dive because if you are lining up against these Euro cars, the quality of it, they don't get me wrong, American stuff sounds great, supercharger wines, all those kind of things. It is that big American brute sound gives the, the taste of what we kind of had with some of the HSVs. But um, yeah, when shit's failing damn fast and the quality's not there and you've got rattles and things Even going on. Even the leatherware, the interior yeah, wear. exactly. No yeah. good stereo guy if you own one of these cars for a couple of years because you want to um, make sure you're turning up the volume of any tunes you're playing mm -hmm. so you're not hearing all the rattles going on yeah, in your yeah. car. So yep, it's, yep. yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a person for, yeah, unless there's a massive adjustment of the dollars, these cars. In Australia, it's, pointless. It's a dive in Europe, away. In Europe, almost pointless. I mean, yep. they get their local cars cheaper. So, but yep. in Australia, we get screwed. If it was in America, it's worthwhile. You can have, like I said, you can get a, a Mustang, for 50, get that Shelby for 60, uh, 50K at that point. Yeah. Have some fun with it, thrash it, flip it later on, sell it to someone else um, and have your daily as a Euro. Yeah. What about Euro used cars as far yes. as Euro cars? What oh, exactly. Um, Smart buy? No. Look, I have I have had some used Euro cars in the past and, and it, look, it comes down to your research on them. You have to know what's going to break down on these cars. So, And I'm getting these questions nonstop about, especially C63s, they seem to be the next wave of a car that if you can't buy these club sports and things in the used car market, a lot of these younger guys, they want their V8 um, rear-wheel drive, you know, kind of fun fact the car and it's the first thing they tend to jump on so but um yeah look i personally do have that question in the back of my mind it has been asked um you know i did get a guy reach out to me um via instagram with a question about it you know because of you know owning a few of these cars that he goes you know is that a bit of a worry to you about you know just the upkeep and maintenance on these cars 
You know, so things like ML 63s, GLE 63s, when you know you're looking at five grand a corner, corner Range Rovers, another big thing. Well, I just, yeah, I just sold a Range Rover for that very reason. Oh, exactly. As soon as you air are shocks. getting to the point, yeah, exactly. When you got the air ride and things, you got to mess around with it. It's big fucking dollars when these things fail. So you got to do your research. I'm not saying it's not, it's not a smart buy. I think if it's a weekender and it's your pride and joy, and you've um, getting a good Euro Euro technician to go over these cars, got to have the full, you know. Mercedes, Audi, BMW history, you got to look at all these kind of things, major services, what happened, what has been fixed. And yeah, some of these things, and you know, some of the um, cars do have the extended warranties too. So where you can't factor that in. If you are going to go to your local little car yard that's got his own warranty slap on job, don't even fucking bother about it because it's not worth the piece of paper it's written on. So Mm. unless it's certified Mercedes or BMW used, yeah, it wouldn't really bother too much. But, um, do your research, and I always say to the point: factor in a percentage um, when you are looking at the car, whether it's you know, say it's ninety five thousand, have a ten percent buffer. You know, so ninety five hundred yep. bucks, have it to the side as just a repairs, maintenance. What if this goes fund. wrong? Yeah, because um, you don't want to be well and for me, stretched and leveraged. My advice is: I have friends that. You know, look at some friends that are kind of more dreamers that probably shouldn't be yeah. in the Euro, but they're like, oh man, it's so, yeah, it's not a bad price. I'd stay away from the AMG and M5s out of warranty. Yeah. Um, we see that with the, with the, the Bentleys a lot, the V12s, mm-hmm. that as soon as their warranty expires. Oh, yeah. They drop from let's say three hundred to you'll get them for like one fifty, yeah. one sixty. Because people are like, if there's a cylinder that goes in that engine, yeah. like you're looking at 30, 40, 50 k at times. Yeah, the right? guy trying. Did he want to swap you for your M eight fifty? Was it the M eight fifty? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, <laughs> we're just no, both laughing, going for fucking no chance. So yeah, my recommendation would be: look, six cylinder turbo diesel, you know, four cylinder like Euro luxury. Yep, go for it. Yeah, You're certified obviously by BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, wherever you buy buying from. The big banger stuff secondhand, I'd be very wary. Um, even with the warranty or, or some sort of security blanket, just because we know these cars are purchased to thrash. Let's be yeah. honest. No one's yeah, buying exactly. an M five or an AMG to run in properly and baby it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's rare. People are going to thrash it and then, then get yeah. rid of it, especially high end businessmen that have coin. Going to thrash it. They're going to get rid of it. We saw oh, it, exactly. we saw it with W four two sevens back in the day. They they got yeah. you know um, they got thrashed, and then you'd be like, "What the hell's happened to this car?" You know, the one you got where the big fella sat in the, the oh, seat, yeah. the seat where uh, had what seventy eighty thousand k just destroyed. But yeah, that's the same thing. So just be careful with big bangers because you got to think. I I did. I've got coin relatively. I'm not wealthy. I'm rich, but the Range Rover concerned me because it was coming out of warranty and an air shock was how much or. Oh, I mean, yeah, 5,000 to 8,500. For one. So, yep. two of those go, three of those go, and I've just got maintenance. Yep. So, the missus was fuming that I got rid of it. Love yep. that car. I said, you know, it's out, of, it's gone out of warranty. Let's get rid of it. We'll figure it out, something out down the line. But that's just um, how the Euro luxury is, you know. And, and oh, like you said, you got to have coin. Don't, don't, if you've got a $50,000 budget and you're like, shit, I can get that, you know, secondhand five series, three, four years old. I can get it for 50, 60K. Yeah. And then you got no slush fund. Oh, exactly. And and insurance, yeah, maintenance, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. If you're buying it for your doing your flex for the gram, just because you want to sit there and have your steering wheel shot through the AMG or something, if you can't afford it. Don't fucking just double Photoshop it, so. yourself in. in a yeah, photo. exactly. Go into a dealership and do it. Let's go through um, your key tips for, for negotiating. Yeah, so look, a best deal on a car, really. Yeah, this has been asked um, asked a lot to me. So um, I am one of the guys who. Um, 
who does crunch a good deal. I'm the kind of go-to guy for it. Everyone runs it past me. So I kind of thought I'll get into it. How, how do I actually negotiate the best deal on a car? Look, one of the, the biggest things is you have to know your shit about them. So you got to do your research. You have to, whatever you're going to buy, you have to be the expert, basically. So um, just because your mates just bought one and you think, oh, okay, I'll go, I'll go out and, you know, try and buy one of these and you're not understanding, you know, the common common issues, common, you know, common problems of these cars, that's, that's where you are going to get caught holding the baby real fast. So I tend to factor a lot of these things in. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to go out and buy a car, I'm not the type of guy who's going to be that prick that I hate on um, on car sales and we'll use a messenger service on it and flick a message, what's your best price? <laughs> All right, so... I will look at the photos. I'll zoom in. Has it got rush wheels? Can I see any any marks in that on the car? I'll kind of, I I will also do my research. I'll have a look around. What other cars are sold for? What's going on before I'm going to pick up the phone? So, like I said, know your shit. Be the expert. When you ring them up, already start talking about the possible things that need to go wrong with the car. All right, those Ks. These are the common problems. You know what? What issues have you had with the car? How long have you had it for? Ask all the questions. Do your research. Then really factor in. So if you're going to be negotiating the price, factor in the possible repair costs. Like we we're saying before, with buying used Euro, have that ten percent buffer. You know, I'm going to buy the car at this price, but you've got to justify your price. If they're asking fifty and you're offering forty-two, justify why you're offering forty-two. Talk about other ones you missed out on. Factor in the repair costs. Then also, have you got to transport the car? Is it from interstate? I'm a massive fan of buying from interstate, right? So where um, I'll get phone calls and sometimes someone might only live half an hour away from me. They want me to meet them halfway. <laughs> you know, So mm. get some weird calls like that, but I am the type of guy I'm going to buy from interstate. So then as well, registration, insurance, all those other things, factor it in. But if you're going to be paying X for the car, plus you've got to spend Y on it, well, then that's the thing. Justify your price. Don't just lowball and go, "Hey, I'll offer you this right now. This is this is my best deal." So, other thing is understand the motivation. So, I did touch on uh, when when it goes to the point of why they're wanting to sell the car. Understand that motivation. So, has it been a divorce, financial hardship? Massive one is end of lease. Sometimes I don't really care. The um, residual payments coming up on it. They're just like, "Yep, got to move the car, whatever it's going to be." So, sometimes when you do see a car that does pop up. I'm a big fan as well. Save those searches. If you're looking specific car, you can save the searches, years, everything on on um, platforms like car sales. So if some if one does pop up and it is quite cheap and you're um, shrewd negotiating, you jump in and you're um, all over that straight away. Sometimes if that's an end of lease, they just want to get flicking and get rid of it because they think, okay, well, if it just gets paid out now. And a lot of a lot of times now this does happen, people work from home, they will flick your car now because they're not using it as much as well. So also as well is you want to take the stress out of the office. So where I mean is that is if you're going to freaking negotiate on it, then you ground the price. It's one thing I hate. So um, last car I sold, I'm like, yep, yeah, do a deal on it. I'm thinking, great, this dude's going to come out, look at your wire money on the spot, bring me a bank check. You know, it's going to be an easy deal. But no, he wants to get the car inspected or he wants me to go take it somewhere. You know, then, oh, okay, well, I need to go speak to my bank now. So if you're going to crunch it, do the fucking deal straight away. Be prepared. So that means speak to your finance company, have everything ready to go before you start wasting people's times because if you're going to go in hard, you don't want that person you know, that jumping through with, hoops. With the SRS RT8. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah. 
put on the market a number of years ago. Yeah. Um, a bloke, I don't know where he was. I think he was in Sydney somewhere, um, New South Wales, inter- interstate somewhere. He's he's called. He said, you know, I want to I want to get the car inspected. I said, no worries, all good. Happy yep. to get happy to get inspected. Like I'll I'll. Uh, I'm in this area. I'll get inspected. Blah 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 blah. I said, look, look, I'm getting offers. I was getting offers for it, a bit low, kind of lowball. But I said, look, yep. it's getting close. I might sell it. He goes, I'll, I'll wire you a deposit. I said, look, no problem. Deposit pending inspection. Mm-hmm. Happy to do it. Like just all, let me know when they can come by and inspect it. So he wires the money, and he's like, okay, I, I want to get it inspected by these guys. I said, no worries. Give my number. Yeah. Organize to meet them. And oh no, can you drive the car down into them? I said, no, mate. Like I'm not driving the car down. Yeah. To, to get it inspected. Like if they want to come where I am. Yeah, Welcome exactly. to. I'll give them an hour, two hours, whatever they need. They can look through the car. Oh, you need to drive it over there. So then the guy calls me from the, you know, I was a mechanic actually um, up the road and I'm like, mate, I'm not driving it to you. Like the car, it's where it is, it's parked, come and inspect it. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Cool. Call the guy back. He goes, oh, all right, man. Well, how about I just give you five grand less than we agreed to and I'll just take it without an inspection. I said, mate. You're kidding yourself. Like I said, you yeah. got. I've, I've taken it off the mark. I had it paused at that point on car sales, so I'm, yeah. I'm potentially losing sales. And he was just like, "No, nah, you need to drive it there." I'm like, I'm not, "I'm not doing it, man." Like, so if you can't do this, like the deal's off. Yeah. So I refunded. Uh, I think he put on a maybe twenty five hundred. I gave him back two grand and kept five hundred. I said, "Mate, yeah. fuck me around." Like, I'm keeping five hundred. This dude was pissed. Like, yeah. he was messaging me, give me my money. I'm like, dude, I'm not. You're wasting my time. Like. I don't, I've wasted hours with you on the phone. Yep. I've wasted hours dealing with this turkey around the corner. I said, like, 500 is for my time, man. Like, sorry. That, that, if you want to still take it from the price we agreed to, but mm-hmm. like you said, move the goalposts, change yeah, things around. Exactly. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not dealing with it. Yep. I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. Oh, it is absolutely one of my pet hates. And, and that's the thing that when you're going to go in hard because you just want to say straight up, this is going to be no mess around, won't fuck around one bit, I'll, you know, Fly interstate, wire it straight away if I like it, whatever you got to do. So, yeah, just um, you got to be straight up. But, um, yeah, but getting on to best cars that I've crunched, and, th- and this kind of shows what, what I'm like. So, got um, a BF Typhoon. This was just when GFC hit, um, you know, back in 2010. Got um, guys asking 45000 for it. I pretty much said it was um, up in the Gold Coast. Liked it one-on-one at the time. I'll fly up if I like it. Yeah, do a deal straight away. Got that for thirty four grand. So mm-hmm. I got a bank check printed, took it up, bang, deal done. Drove it back. Another one was I bought a Passat two hundred six R line wagon, so twenty eighteen one for the misses. That was uh, fifty two thousand. Got it down for th- got that down to thirty nine. And the same kind of thing. So just once again talking about comparable sales, condition of the car, all those and you're ready to go. Fucked in, I'm ready to go. Volkswagen Jetta. I got from this was actually when we went through divorce, had to move the car. So kind of once again asking the questions, you know. So one owner, what's happened, everything. Got that from twenty four thousand down to seventeen. I was actually proud of that one. She was actually quite hot too, so I'm sure she's moved on very, very well now. <laughs> this was a massive one actually. Turbo Turbo Territory Gear. When that was only like a year old or something, the car when I got this one, uh, that was seventy thousand. It was the list price. I got it down to fifty four. Was that a dealer? No, nah, private. Private. Yep. Mm. Mm. So all these have been private. Another one was a VYR8 in the purple, cool car at the time, thirty eight thousand down to twenty seven. So yeah. hard deals once again here that don't move goalposts, don't fuck around. Yep, like that VYR8. Talk about brake wear, all those kind of things, extra costs that can come up. So put that um, fear of doubt in their heads as to why this is justifying this low ball price. Not there to, um, as Phil King says, not not there, not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> <laughs> here to do a deal at the time. So think of that line of Phil King's there. So when you are out there negotiating, not here to fuck spiders. Mm. 
I mean, my, my best was probably well. There's been more than a few, um, but negotiation wise, probably the the XW fa- yeah. Phase Two um, GTHO was a, a fella up in um, the car was up on the Gold Coast when I was up there for a holiday with my old man. We went and looked at it. It was at a mechanical workshop. The asking at the time was low twos, I think it was low two yeah. hundreds. Went and looked at it. Car was mint. Had a full photo log of the resto, like it was someone's baby. Had mm-hmm. this guy was in the, the GT car club yep. in Queensland. Had the hat. Had had everything in the in the boot of the car. Right. I was like, oh, twos are a bit are a bit high. So I think at that time, I think I offered like one seventy one somewhere around there. Right. And no, uh, no, we're not signing up for that. I dealt with a mechanic. I thought it was his car, but it wasn't. It was on behalf of the cl- a client because I'd seen the car. I knew the car. This car was for sale for about a year, year or two after I'd seen it. Yeah. So I just followed it. Had it in my saved. Um, cash on, on on car sales and you know checked it every now and then and then it dropped to like 190 didn't move dropped to 180 didn't move so i finally called the guy i said look did, he didn't know i'd already seen the car mm-hmm. um and i said look i got, I got 150k right he's like oh man i don't know look you know blah 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 gave me an in by saying look my wife wants to go caravanning i need this money for a caravan that's all i needed to know right yeah. so i was like well go, go and ask your missus i can give you the i can wire the money tomorrow 150k cash, organized pickup. Be the easiest thing you've ever done. You'll have your caravan yep. by the end of the week. And he goes, Oh, I'll give you a call back. And as soon as you said, I'll give you a call back, and that's a speech yeah, to the business. Yeah, exactly. I knew. Call me done. back. He goes, Look, you got a deal. Can you send me a deposit now? I sent it through, through NetBank, sent him a screenshot of the deposit that I was serious. You know, I think I put 10% down, uh, 15 odd K, wired the money in full mm-hmm. the next day, and yeah. ended up with a GTHO, which was pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Um, just because the car was on the, on, online, I was patient. And look, sometimes you might be patient, you might lose a car. Yeah. Um, and then, like we said, on the other side of things, is if it's a car you really want, you know, then you gotta you probably got to pay overs oh, for exactly. it. But it was, I was patient. I thought I'd yeah. eventually get one. And, yeah. And I did. And that was probably my best buy. Yeah. Well, that, well look, I mean, and um, that's the understanding the motivation is absolutely huge. So another another big tip I come across as well is I always think people get scared if they buy a car privately if it's under finance. It freaks people out. But I think fucking giddy up when you hear that because <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as I know it's under finance- They want to get rid of it. You're right. Yeah, the list price might be seventy, but the payout figure might be fifty-four grand. I go, well, I'm getting that fucking car for uh, even five hundred bucks over that fifty-four grand. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's what I think straight away. away that is money profit. to yeah. me straight away because the thing is, as long as they clear that loan, because that's the thing that people when they get leverage, that car payment is a massive big thing, and that was fucking mate. That was classical music playing in the background when I heard, <laughs> when I know COVID was hitting, people working from home. I used to think giddy up because the thing is, people aren't using these cars. They're scared, sitting pandemic there. around, sitting there. People want to reduce these overheads. That's where some bargains could be had. Yeah, right? no doubt. I mean, good tips. And and look, we have one thing we flagged was online part sales have been rampant on, yeah. on Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree. Look, be weary people out there. There's there's people in car clubs, friends of ours have, have yep. bought things, manifolds. I'm talking not not a $50 part, $5,000, yeah. $6,000 parts. Um, they get a deposit or they get even some, most of the payment and, and, and they're ghosted. The guy disappears, deletes yep. his account. So I'm really wary on buying parts online for that very reason, yeah. through marketplace, through yep. accounts that you don't really know on people you mm-hmm. don't know. I'd buy only through people that I'd know within a club online. Yep. yep. But yeah, d- just be very, very careful. There's a lot of scams going on and generally- if someone's selling parts from a random location that's really oh, far exactly. from the rest yeah. of Australia, like, and hey, then, yeah. Alice Springs or I'm in Darwin, they know you're not going to come and inspect them. I would I would re- highly recommend buying parts face-to-face in cash if you can. Exactly. I know sometimes emotion gets the better of us and you yep. see something in 
wow, that's in, I know it's in Perth, but it's so cheap. Those rooms are so cheap. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more people get absolutely oh, exactly. And seeing things popping up. Um, yeah. HSV brakes and things. You know, a while ago I was looking for VXGDS wheels, look at that, and then seeing a few people just going, okay, so – yeah, my um my partner works FIFO. He's away at the moment. It's hard mm. to get on to, but if you wire this here, they're a great set. Things just don't get caught up in that shit. If you can't do it, you don't have a mate within the location that can go face to face and do that transaction. And once again, make sure it's not to their house or anything. You want to do it in front of cameras, service station, McDonald's, wherever you can get that it. It goes both ways if you're selling yep. or buying. So that'd be a fun thing to see actually within a McDonald's store if you're buying a set of rims. It'd be quite <laughs> hilarious. Take some photos, send it to me. I want to see that. That would be funny. Uh, but anywhere you can where you've got um, – and also as well, take some mates with you too. So don't rock up. Well, that's the other thing. People have been rolled as well. They have, you yeah. know, they, they show up to buy – you know, yep. even a car inspected or bring cash on the day or whatever yep. it is and, and they get they end up getting rolled for oh, exactly. they got. And I'm even like that with test drives now. I don't even trust it. So unless I get a substantial deposit, I wouldn't even let someone test drive a car. Yeah, so, they don't even meet them. Yep. All right, on to Q&As. We've got three questions today. The first one, would you still modify a HSV or FPV now since prices have gone bonkers? And that was from Tim. I would. You know, so- and I'm not talking cutting um, cutting the body and things, but if it's things like top mount chargers and stuff like that, it's um, things that's not questioning major structural integrity and changing. As long as I can p- put the car back to standard, I still would because that's what I'm into. I, I can't help that. So having having a, cl- a collectible car kind of sitting there, if it's ultra rare, your W four twenty seventy GDS coupes, yeah, things that's like what I was that. About to ask you, there's no I way I wouldn't touch them. <laughs> there's no way you're um, modding. You're modding a. W427 or a Brocky, no way. Yeah, no, nah, but things like yeah, R8s and stuff that people- Just a stock bog GTS or an SS yeah, or- Yeah, people too clubby. You know, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm not trying to mock it and shit can those kind of cars, but I think they're, they're cars to me that you- mod. you Yeah, exactly. You I mod agree. it. You mod it. Make it your own. So Yeah, I think the high-end stuff that's appreciating and, and has been somewhat built out of HSV or FPV yeah. would be the pinnacle of that year. You yeah. leave it as is, especially if it's got some collectability. Yeah. But if you want to have your fun, even just buy like a, you know, just an SS Commodore and go to go to town with that. Yeah. You know, I think they're, oh, exactly. they're the ones. And that's, and that's why that's why we did King Jam at the time. So yeah. that's why I deliberately picked it at a VYSS over a HSV. So because thought if I'm going to be cutting the body, I'm cutting up an SS, not a HSV. 100%. So, yeah. yeah. And, and with the HSV stuff, like you said, if you, if you really are adamant on, on customizing cars, um, no matter what they are, yeah. try to keep the original parts, number one. I've made that mistake before with the Valiant yeah. Pacer that I spoke about before. I didn't keep the original engine when I modeled it. Keep it so you can always put it back and, and it helps the resale of your car too. If a collector yeah. is looking at it, it's modded, but you've got all the originals. They're like, ooh, oh, I exactly. can, I yeah. can, you know. Definitely. So that's the question there, Tim. Since the dual cabs, have gone crazy here in Australia. Do you think more of the cool American trucks will come here? Love to see some of the supercharged ones. That's from Lincoln. Look, there has been some talks about it from the um, guys down at Walkinshaw, so that they have looked at some of these um, big trucks and things. But I, I think how we kind of touched on it before, it's a matter of who can end up affording these. Like already the Silverados and Rams coming out are already pretty expensive compared to what they are over in the States. And, you know, um, saw a post yesterday about potentially the next Ranger Raptor coming out with the EcoBoost um, engine, which is all, you know, that's, that is very, very tunable already. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it is kind of heading on the horizon because we have had the boring diesel ones here and then we're starting to head down the path that more of these guys are buying them. Saw Ben Simmons buying them. 
had a photo in front of one of the Shelby, <laughs> the Shelby ones over there. Yeah. So um, it's the phase, I guess. Um, we might see the Kardashians, the Kardashians um, driving these things I soon. Doubt that. So. I doubt that. Maybe <laughs> Caitlin will be rocking it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But they are fun cars. The yeah. American trucks, I love them. Well, I think, man, you've had the Raptor over there. I would almost buy it. I'm thinking about getting one since we've got rid of the Range Rover because I need a car because my seat's so far back. Yeah, and my son is obviously tall at five. Um, he's booting yep. the shit out of me already, and I'm like, "Ooh, <laughs> he's got about another year before he can't even get his legs between the seat and and his seat." Yeah, so I'm thinking about getting something bigger, and it's it's long wheelbase Range Rover, which I don't really want to spend 300k on a Range Rover. True. Yeah, or it's that Raptor, which is phenomenal car, and I can sit behind myself in that car, which is yep. amazing. So I can sit in the passenger That's crazy. seat, put yeah. that all the way back. Yeah. And walk around. Does the rear seats move back as well? The rear seats are foldable. Okay. So just the bottom part of it folds up. Yeah. But the space in those things are outrageous. Yeah. So they fold up so you can actually store a shitload of stuff in there. Plenty but, of guns. Yeah. Plenty of room but, for guns. Man, it's like, <laughs> honestly, like I was so anti-American trucks when I got to America. I was like, I'm not a hick. I hate the fucking, who needs a truck like that? It's too yeah. big. Slowly, year after year, finally- I think I got one 2012 out of an M5. Got you know, rashed my tires one day in the M5. I've spoken about it before. Yeah. Got, got the tires, got the tires fixed. Punctured both both yeah. sides of of uh, one side of the car. Got the got them fixed straight to a Ford dealership. Traded in for a Raptor and yeah. never looked back. Awesome car. Yeah, feels so safe. You're like you know you're a meter odd above everyone in traffic. Yeah, <laughs> your side skirt is 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 basically any car's eye level. So that metal side skirt of yours, someone hits you, you're, you're gonna you're gonna survive most shooting that. Unless yeah. you flip it and be an idiot. If someone hits you, you might not even notice half the time. So <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm thinking about getting one. So I'm gonna have to toss but that yeah. up. Other thing people say is like um. People always say, too big for our roads here, car parks aren't no. made for it. What's a truck, that, well, well, so trucks are driving on a different road? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, I don't Where get the bullshit. They have a different route. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, so, they're getting around just fine. Yeah. I mean, parking anywhere, those things are a bit hard to yeah, park. You don't know how to drive, man. Like, you, yeah. know, you don't know how to drive. You got to reverse into every parking spot. You're not, yeah. you're not going in forward because you can't see shit. Yeah. But you, they teach you how to drive. And if they don't teach you how to drive, you're going to create a lot of damage along the way. Yeah. Final question. This is from Daniel. Would you buy a car sight unseen under any circumstances? Oh, look, look, Daniel, I've done it uh, plenty of times. All right. So, look, what, one of my biggest tips, I guess, about it is something that I tend to do. If if it is hard, if someone does, um, you know, if I do have any kind of alarm bells, I mean, you know, I'm all about trying to read, read someone, understand their circumstance, their history behind if I'm paying out their lease and things. Yeah, you can have factors into it where you go, okay, so I don't think I'm going to have any issues. But one tip that I tend to do, it doesn't really matter what that car is, um, I'll sometimes put a small amount of finance on it. And the other reason why I've done that is because in my repossession days, I understand that if you do pay cash for a car, if you wire someone, they do have that window of time before you transfer the car where they actually can go get a small loan or something on that car because it's still an asset under their name and they've got all their proof of ownership. So if you do go, um, you know, so you're buying a 50 grand car, just put 10 grand on it, you know, 10 grand finance because that finance company is sending someone out to inspect it. They're getting all the photos. They do have invested interest in that vehicle if you don't pay that loan. And with that encumbrance on it, that means whoever's going to, whoever um, you're buying the car from, that then makes it that they actually can't go out because it's, that's essentially putting a dual encumbrance on that car, which gets flagged to the finance company straight away. Yeah, exactly. Then the get the car. Pay it out. Straight away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you do have those questions, that is a helpful little tip that I say. Um, but otherwise, yeah, bank checks 28 bucks, get a bank check printed, jump on a plane, go get it. If you don't like the car, you walk away, cancel your bank check, you lost some flights and 28 bucks. That's about it. So um, and look, 
I would, but by sight unseen, it doesn't mean I'm not having anyone else look at it. That's, yeah. that's a big one. So get yeah. it inspected by, like we've said before, join a car club on Facebook. Yep. There'll be someone in that group that's an aficionado or yeah. you know, really anal about every little detail, like mm-hmm. yourself or whoever. Yep. Um, offer them even 500 bucks. Some guys will even do it for free sometimes um, or for, for, for petrol money, buy them a slab, whatever. Yep. Go and get it inspected. And at least you know, even if they're, look, we laugh about the RACV inspections, but at least there's a peace of mind the car exists. Yeah, exactly. That they, these yeah, days, that is, yeah. Because there's people that are, are selling cars, like I said, they'll put themselves in a remote location. You won't be able to get there. It'll be a really cheap car. You're like, oh, man, this is really cheap. Let me wire a deposit and the guy disappears on you. Yeah. You're yeah, going exactly. to learn the hard way. So, yeah. get it seen by someone. That's um, the best way to go. We're going to finish with story time. So, we do these on the basketball pod. We've decided, I think we did one last week and it mm-hmm. got some good reviews. Yeah, so, your VR story. Um, so. Yeah, the VR story and driving to school under, unlicensed. Yeah. Um, but- yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some stories, and we'll continue this one on week to week. But what have you what do you have this week for us? Yeah, so um, I was chatting with with uh, yeah best mate Phil King a few weeks ago. We actually just got talking about this, um, and thought we'll tell this story from when I moved into a house. So uh, I was there I was there a couple of weeks. I bought this house, and um, I had you know times mates turning up and helping me move some bits and pieces around, hanging out there because I had a house and a lot of them were still living with their parents and stuff at the time, so they're coming to hang out. And already within the first week, a few mates taken off up the street, chirping gears, doing those kind of things, and I had two neighbours tell me within that week, just go, mate, get it, love your cars, we just tell your mates to calm down and we've got kids and stuff. And fuck, I was early 20s at the time and um, didn't have kids and things, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, just sorry about that, <laughs> keep doing the thing. And anyway, kid you not, after I got told off by this woman $2 down about mates leaving and creating a racket, she, um, yeah, she was, wasn't liking one bit, was getting some death stares and then it was a Friday night, had a mate come past that he'd just done more work. So, he just picked up his VXSS, stroker, converter, everything and had other mates turn around, you know, after work drinks. He decides to leave, floors it, converter flashed. And he's uh, fished hard a little bit and we're going, oh, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And he's gone straight over the road, plowed through the, the neighbour across the road, his fence. The lady or? Nah, no, opposite, uh, directly uh, opposite, opposite of her. She's walked out, fucking stared at me. <laughs> Guy over the road in the house, what the fuck, just full freaking out. Phil's pissing himself laughing like because he's thinking he's the type of guy. I don't live here. This is not my problem. This is yours, buddy. We're all like, what the fuck is going on? So, Jason was there as well, the mechanic <laughs> that we mm. use. All freaking out. This car's fucking sitting there and then mates just got out and got, I'm so fucking sorry. To, don't fucking apologize to me. <laughs> apologize yeah. to him. He has a house here. So, yeah. and today everything all got fixed up. Insurance all got- Did through the house? So, no, nah, just, just his brick. So, he was pretty much oh, through yeah. a brick fence and a gate staring at this guy's boat. <laughs> Um, so, mate would have been sitting there holding the steering wheel looking at the boat in the backyard. But, um, yeah, after that, everyone behaved leaving yeah, my imagine. house. So. Yeah, I can imagine. But that was a big welcome to the neighborhood for me. So, um, and yeah, every time I left- laid low after Yeah, exactly. I was months. thinking, fuck. And every time I was leaving, driving my V8 cars and things down the street, I was driving very, very nicely. Yep. Make sure I wasn't- Did you have a combo with the lady after that or just the death stare was enough? No, nah, she never actually really spoke to me after that. So, um, <laughs> we're on there. But we made friends with the guy who's uh, fence plowed into, who's into cars and stuff. And I uh, had another neighbor next door, Brett. He was a funny dude. Yeah, so we got on well. We used to actually mess around a few times. Um, yeah, so um, wrote, I remember one day he was out and was mowing the lawn. Phil thought it was a good idea to um, mow fuck 
I'm on my lawn, so I've gone out there. So come home, there's a big fuck across my front <laughs> lawn. Uh, and then we did nothing as well. Here's a bricky. So we actually made a brick wall in front of his trailer. Uh, we pulled all the bricks out of his trailer that he had from doing a job yeah. there and um, made a massive big brick wall. So he got out seven o'clock in the morning, going to leave, and he had to um, put, pull down this whole big, big brick wall that we made in front. So delayed him going to work. The things so we do, right? That's it. Uh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a pretty silly one, pretty bad one, frowned upon. Um, so. I used to go to the Croatian dances and in Springvale, um, anyone who knows the area, Springvale Road, there's a big Croatian flag at the front or, or the checkers. There's a church called the Wog Block and we used to have um, yeah. Croatian performers come every second Saturday, Mother's Days, Easter's, all events. There'd be big dances, meals, yeah. all that kind of bullshit. So, the parents would go, kids would be left out. We'd go outside and fuck around, like fireworks, cause trouble, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we are doing. There was an Italian club next door. We'd brawl with them sometimes, just, just doing <laughs> stupid shit, right? And yeah. it, was, it was just what we did, right? So, another group of kids I hung with uh, had a Holden skeleton key. So, back in the day, VCs, VHs, VKs, even VLs to an extent, yeah. there were certain keys that would open numerous models of those cars. Yeah. And it'd be interchangeable by years. So some you could get in almost get into one out of ten cars with one key. It yeah. was it was it was what it was. So a friend of mine had that that I played basketball with. I said, yeah. Oh, I need to get a copy of one of those. Didn't know what I was gonna do with it. Like I'm not gonna I didn't think I was gonna steal a car. I was just like, oh, I'd be cool to have a skeleton key, right? Yeah. So yeah, cool, cool. No worries, we'll get one cut, get it cut. Even the locksmith's looking at us like well, I think we were 15 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking car key. Yeah. Get the key cut. I've got one. I'm like, sweet. So now I go, I go to the Wog Block one night, Saturday night, hanging out with my, one of my crew mates. And I'd say about the key. He's like, give me the key. I'll go find a car. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So he gets in a VH, some a bronze VH, fluffy steering wheel. Oh, so it opens the door, right? Yeah. Gets in it. It starts. I didn't think it was going to work. I was like, there's no way this shit's going to work, right? This is yeah. the dumbest thing ever. Like, how's this going to work? No such thing as a skeleton key. Car makers couldn't be that stupid. Well, it worked. I mean, some of them, in fairness, you could start some of those cars with a butter knife, but that's mm. a different story. So he gets in this car, he reverses it out, does a few laps. The car's not. I think it was a it was a six cylinder. I think it would, had no had nothing to it. Drives around a bit, parks it back in the parking spot. Right, gets out, comes back to the group. A little kid, probably about so we were fourteen, fifteen. This kid was about seven or eight years old. Comes up to my mate, he's like. <laughs> Hey, can you uh, leave my dad's car alone? Like, stop driving my dad's car around. Yeah. <laughs> my mate's like, it was just funny because it was a little, this little chubby. He's like, hey, leave my fucking dad's car alone. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, my mate, my mate had a VL at the time, owned a VL at the time. That was his learner car that he drove to high school. And um, he ends up getting in a VL later on that night, a nice VL, mm. uh, VL Turbo, gets in, reverses it out, spools it up, Shit. loads it, drops it, lets it go. Bang, straight into, um, you know, just your basic little, they have around parks, the little logs, the two oh, little fuck. legs with the logs. Yeah. I don't think he saw it. I think he was trying to get it on the grass to do some some fishies or whatever. Straight into it, like, basically fucks up the whole front guard, rear, the front Jeez. end. I don't, I think he punched, there was, I think there was some, some steam coming off. I think he got the radiator too, like, hit that a yeah. little bit. Um, so then we're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. My mate jumps out of the car, runs runs to the fence line, gets the key, th- throws it over the fence. Fuck. Kids obviously, some kids saw who it was, ran in, told his dad. <laughs> dad comes running out. And um, yeah, like the dad's like, who, who did this shit? Like losing it. My mate ends up 
saying, oh, it was me, it was me. Thankfully, he never never ratted me out that it was my key. I was like, no, it's not my key. Like, don't rat me out, man. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't rat me out. Um, but just, I mean, what the, what was I doing with the key? Who knows? I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, I didn't get in trouble with it, but my mate did. He had to end up. I think he was on a payment plan with his parents. His parents weren't too hard on him. He had he had some kind of easier parents on him uh, yeah. for Croatian parents anyway. If it was if it was my parents, I would have been fucked. My, ma- my old man would have maybe drop out of school and already mopping the floors at the workshop from six till six. You know, like because <laughs> my old man, you know, he, he would have went crazy at me. But yeah, yeah, he was on a payment plan, paying that dude's car off for two or three years till he dropped out of high until he finished high school and got a job. But just. Yeah, just something stupid we did back in the day. Wow. And yeah, I mean, we go back to the, the question last last week about the son that took his dad's Mustang and yeah, motor exactly. off. Yeah, exactly. He easily there. could have got yeah, charged there for you that. Go. Yeah. So I think the, his parents saw the situation, went to the other parents, well, look, we'll take care of the payments. Don't worry about it. We're sorry. Um, I think the car was drivable. I think he could get it home. He topped up the radio. They got it home. But um, yeah, the stupid things you do. Fuck. Crazy. Yeah, so anyhow, that wraps up episode five of the Car Chat. Hope you enjoyed. Um, If you want more stories like this, give us feedback and check in on us in about a month's time. Thanks. That's it. Thanks, guys.